Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. What up, what up, what up, podcast party people, you know it, how you doing, how you living, how you feeling, I bet you're feeling good, if you're paying attention in machine head land, well, yesterday was a good day, technically today was a good day. We launched our new track, Choke on the Ashes of Your Hate. We dropped all of the new album info for Of Kingdom and Crown. Yes, man. Yesterday was a big day. Big day. So, yeah, man. It's exciting. It was fucking exciting and stressful and everything, but we finally did it. We finally did it. Very stoked. I was very stoked, man. We, uh, you know, I've been telling you about this for a while. <laughs> and you can't say anything. It drives me crazy sometimes. But, uh, yeah, the reaction has been phenomenal. It's been fucking incredible. Honestly, so just humbled by the reaction that the new song has got, that the album cover has got. You know, got to give a shout out to uh, Cesiro Anton. He's the artist who we collaborated with to uh, put that album cover together. Also, the singer of Septic Flesh. He's a sick artist. Fucking sick. So, uh, yeah, collaborating with him was awesome. Seth Catfinger Zero Anton. That was his nick. That became his nickname during the course of the project. Um. And then also the video, you know, we dropped a video yesterday. Oh boy. Let's see. Let me play this motherfucker right now. Can I share the screen? How am I going to do this? I'll just play the music. How about that? Yeah, I'll just play the music. I'll put a link somewhere here, somewhere right here or over here. My producer is going to put the video in a little box. Because I'm too, I don't, it's going to take me too long to figure out the share thing. Bay Area Thrash Metal Motherfucker. New track, baby. This is track two on the album. Faithless with a nice mask on, but the light voice in everything. False conspiracy, soulless enemy, dead for what I say. Look around and see the great decay Violence turns the fearful into slaves Show on the ashes of your rage Yeah, motherfucker. Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? Yes. That is, let me put this on pause. Let me put this on pause. Yeah, how do I do that? Get it over here. There we go. Put it on pause. 
go back over here to Spotify, where I've got some cool Amana Marth music. But yeah, anyway, if you want to, uh, we've got some ridiculous packages, box sets, picture disc vinyl, red and black splatter vinyl, black marble, 16 different vinyl variants throughout the world. We have some exclusives at 10 Ton Trading Company, which is the uh, store that the band one owns 100% and operates ourselves, the merch store. Uh, Nuclear Blast has a shit ton of exclusives. Uh, several retailers throughout the world, including three in the U.S. and three, I think, overseas, have exclusive vinyl variants and cassettes and CDs and digipacks and the whole shebang. So uh, if you just go to 10tontradingco.com, that's got everything that you need. Everything that you need is right there. It's got basically every variant from 10 ton every variant from nuclear blast every variant from the retails all available if you want to go hunting collectors you know what i'm saying like we made it easy for you you put it all we put it all in one place and uh yeah i'm really stoked man i'm really really excited to share this record with you i'm really proud of it and i think you're going to be super stoked i i hope you're as stoked as i am for this you know, and excited cuz i really really just you know, we, I think we tapped into something special this time, man, like something really just, you know, we needed to deliver and we, we did. And, uh, yeah, it just feels good. It just feels really good. You know, it's exciting to like, just put it out there, you know, like fucking sometimes when you're in the music business, you got to hold on to like all of your shit. Like it's a secret forever. And you're just like, fuck. So it's like a fucking orgasm when you finally get to put it. It's ah. Feels good, goddammit. Speaking of orgasms, my wife and I are finally having relations again. You know, she I think I talked about this. She had a uh, she had a little operation. We couldn't have uh couldn't have relations for a while, but that's all it's all healed up. It's been good. I was going to town on you porn jacking off for six weeks, but now I don't need that. I'm good. We're we're back at it drinking, hanging out on our weekend, doing our date night. Yeah, it's been good. Been a cool, been a cool time. I'm getting ready to go on tour again and I feel like the closer I get to tour, the more I'm like I'm happy. I'm super excited to go on tour, but I'm you know, I'm a little I'm going to miss I'm going to miss, you know, I was talking to her the other day. I was like, I'm going to kind I'm going to kind of miss the pandemic times, you know? Like life was a little slower and I Something about that, I like, I don't know, call me old-fashioned. I'm a little old-fashioned in that way. Like, I, I think I need to make time for myself to slow my life down, you know? Like, and I'm not good at that at all. Like, I'm terrible at it. Like, I'm fucking, I just fucking work, you know? And I need to, like, take time to decompress, take, take time to just, you know, not do shit, with the band or with fucking anything, just relax. Somebody called me a workaholic the other day. I was like, I hate that word. It annoys me to know him. It's probably true. It's why it annoys me. But yeah, we're gearing up, man. We're gearing it up for it all. 
And I can't wait to get on the fucking road. Can't wait to tour Europe. Can't wait to tour America. Get to Australia, Japan, the fucking Canada, Mexico, South America. Get all of it in there. I want to hit. I want to hit South Africa this time. Never been to South Africa. I want to get back to Israel. I want to get back to India. Play some places we never played before. You know, go to that first time shit. It's going to be a big tour cycle. going to be a big album cycle, man. I'm excited. I know I've said that like 20 times, but I'm fucking excited, man. I tell you what, you're going to enjoy this podcast, man. Great conversation. I remember, uh, I remember we met, we met, uh, I actually saw Amon Amarth for the first time. I want to say, I want to get this right. I got to check. I got to, I got to check on my phone real quick. Amon Amarth Earth Crisis in Flames Tour. Let me see if I, let me see if I'm remembering this right. I want to see if I'm remembering. Now, fucking fuck you, Siri. I want to see if I'm remembering this right. I think that the first time Earth Crisis, Amon Amarth. Let me see. I don't know. Maybe. Let me put, let me put in the tour. Earth Crisis Amana Marth tour. I want to say two thousand. I don't fucking know. Well, maybe it happened back in the day. I want to say the very first time that I saw Amana Marth was opening for Earth Crisis, and I could be totally fucking wrong here, but. And I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find... I want to say that was it. It was definitely in flames in Earth Crisis. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm mixing it up. I've seen a lot of fucking shows. And, you know, sorry to derail the goddamn intro to the podcast here. <laughs> but I thought I'd be able to find it quickly, and I can't. So, anyway... But uh, the first time that I really ended up hanging out with those guys was we did the Mayhem tour back in uh, 2011. And it was them, and I think Rob Zombie and Five Finger Death Punch were headlining, and we were on the side stage, and it was fucking great dudes. Like, had some great hangs with Ollie and them. And, and, uh, and you know, like one of those times, I hung out with Johan a few times, and it was, you know, we kind of always hung out as a group, you know, like a bunch of them and a bunch of us. But I remember I had dinner with Johan one time. Or it was after both of us had already played and both of us got off stage at like fucking three or something crazy. So we both ended up in the lunchroom and he was alone and I just walked in. I was eating alone and I was like, hey, like, care if I sit? He's like, yeah, we ended up just fucking shooting the shit for, we ended up just shooting the shit for like an hour. Just, you know, we finished our food and we're just talking and it was still sunlight out and it was just a, you know, it was a hot day and, we were kind of in this outdoor, um, this outdoor like picnic table where they had for bands to eat in the catering area. And I just remember talking to him for fucking a really long time. And I was like, this dude's fucking awesome. Like, this is just a cool dude. He's just a cool motherfucker. And, uh, 
You know, I always like those guys after that. We cr- we crossed paths with them a bunch of times in Europe and doing festivals and and then uh and then yeah. And I just, you know, like that memory I don't know why even why I brought that memory up, but but it was uh it was just a good con- you know, sometimes you just get a vibe off of somebody. You know, you like sitting down, you talk to them at dinner, like no one around, like just kind of see what someone's about and and uh you know, sometimes you talk to some band guys and they're kind of looking over your shoulder to see who's like over there and you know, like, oh, is there someone more important I could be talking to? You know, you get that kind of a vibe sometimes. And, you know, that was definitely not Johan at all. Like, he was just, we just had a, and it was heavy. We got like, a, we had a heavy conversation. And uh, it's kind of like, kind of like this conversation that we're about to have. And uh, you're about to listen to. So, uh, yeah, if you're just tuning in and don't know that much about Amonamarth, I'm going to start at the beginning I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you way back. This is one of the earliest songs that I heard from these guys. And I don't even remember where I heard it, but this is Victorious March. Heavy death metal, man. Hold on, let me get through that. From the Once Sent from Golden Hall album in 1997. God, His Son, and the Holy Whore. (laughs) That's a great song title. (laughs) That's off their next album, The Avenger. There we go. Some bolt thrower shit right there. This is the last with pagan blood. Woo! This song, dude, right here. This is a jam right here. Listen to this riff right here. This is the jam. The Pursuit of Vikings off of the Fate of Norns. Where is it? Here comes. It's a fucking jam right there. Go to the evil chord change. This is the album that kind of broke them into the stratosphere right here. 
This is Guardians of Asgard off of Twilight of the Thunder God, 2008. Their guitar tone's gotten darker over the years. Yeah. Like those early records had more like metal sound. It's got more like death metal in tune type of shit. Gods. Oh yeah, this one's killer. This is, uh, check it out, raise your horns. I'm in this video here. Whoa, hold on. I'm in this video here somewhere. Filmed it when they came to San Francisco with Entombed. And then this is, where's their new song at? Yeah, the new song's out. They got a new song out. And then this is the new song, Put Your Back Into The Ore. Get to the jam here. Have it, ladies and gentlemen. Nice little taste of a Montemarth. So, everybody get ready for an awesome conversation with the mighty, mighty Johan Hegg of a Montemarth. Johan Hegg, how you doing, man? Good, good. How are you? It's been a while. I know. It has been a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm doing good. I All like right. your blurry right. background. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, it, I don't know. I, I, I could fix that up for you if you, if, if that no, would, would make a difference. No, I dig it. I dig it. Just, I like the, I... the room is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you could see the rest of my room, my room's actually a mess too. But everything back here looks fucking clean as fuck. 
All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's pretty much what it is like here as well. <laughs> it, has, it has been a while, man. I want to say like, it's been yeah, probably like five or six years since we crossed paths, right? Uh, something like that. I think, I think you guys came out, you came out to, um, to our show in San Francisco yes. when we, when we toured with Arch Enemy and, and that was, when was that? 2018? Right. Right. I, I want to say. No, 2019 probably. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, three years at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot's yeah. happened in that three years, right? Like, holy moly. Holy crap. Yeah. Hasn't it? It's like, uh, it's like the whole world is, you know, just turned to shit basically. <laughs> Right. You guys have been on. you guys have been touring though, right? Like you guys have done some festivals here and there, like over the last year or so, haven't you? No, actually, we haven't. Uh, we uh, we I had you to guys cut did our... Dynamo for some reason. No, okay. we uh, we had to cut our um, like um, our South South American tour um, leg short because of COVID. Uh, okay. So we went back home and just went. All right, let's let's see where this takes us, and if we can, you know, continue in a couple of months, and then a couple of months passed, and we all right, all right. Oh, so you really so dur- so right before the pandemic hit, you're in South America. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and, and then COVID hits. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, the last show we did was um, um, that that festival in in Mexico. Um, um, fuck, what's it called? Heaven and hell. Hell. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we did that festival and it's like, all right, your shows in Colombia and Costa Rica has been canceled. Your show in Japan has been canceled. All right, let's fuck off home. <laughs> right, you know? right. Not much to do about it. I don't know about you, but, and I probably shouldn't say this a whole lot publicly, <laughs> but <laughs> I've probably enjoyed the pandemic way more than I should have. <laughs> you <know>? Um, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's it, it is the same here. I mean, uh, personally, I, I I kind of been looking for for some time off, like a, like a ma- major time off for a while, away from you know the constant grind of ri- grind of writing, touring, writing, touring. Uh, but you know, it's it's uh, um, it's it's been difficult to, to to do that because you know you're five guys in the band and you know everybody wants to you know, continue touring, but yeah, it, it, it was a, in, in a way it was a welcome break. It's just, you know, it's just fucked up the way it happened, I guess. But, um, you know, yeah. for, for me, for me, I definitely have been enjoying it more than I probably should have as well. So you're yeah, not alone. I mean, just hanging out with my wife, you know, me and my wife just, yeah. You know, we got, I got a couple of kids, so it's been pretty full on between the band writing, touring, and then coming yeah. home and being a dad and, yeah, I can uh, imagine. Yeah, and now they're like teenagers, so the pandemic hits, and we're just like, yeah, like they're teenagers. We can kind of just let them hang out in the room, <laughs> like, we yeah. to, like we can just go into the garage and drink and listen to music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You know>? perfect. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so that's what we ended up. You know, a lot of a lot of like Friday and Saturday nights became like a date night, like where we could yeah. like hang and just drink and talk and laugh or cry or whatever the fuck we do, and. uh and oh, man, it was just, it was just such a, like, I didn't realize I needed the break as much as I thought I did. You know, like I, like I, you know, you and I are both road dogs. We've been touring. Yeah. It's like, once you're in that fucking mindset, you're just go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like stepping out of reality almost. You just get in the tour mind and just, you know, all right, next door, next door, you know? Yeah. And 
you know, but, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And it's kind of been similar for, for me and my wife, even though we don't have kids, we have cats and a dog, but, uh, uh, we, we just done tons of cool stuff. Like, like we, we got very, since we got the dog, we got into hiking a lot. So we have been, you know, traveling up North in Sweden and, you know, going in Norway as well. And just hiking mountains and, doing stuff that we never really did before back home because if you went on vacation you went abroad but now you know yeah you can't really per- travel no exactly so that was That's perfect awesome. you know we yeah so it was yeah, great. i love i love hiking man i got a couple dogs yeah. too yeah, yeah 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 our dog is crazy i think he if we walk 10 kilometers he walks 30 you know he's, he's running back and forth <laughs> It keeps you active though, right? Like it keeps oh, yeah, you yeah, like yeah. in it's motion awesome. and that's like one of the best things about it. Like you're kind of forced to have it and sometimes you're like, fuck, I got to walk my fucking dog. But yeah, yeah. There, like, okay, I'm getting the sun or, you know, you're just outside. Yeah. and Yeah, a lot of rain here though, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or just getting outside though, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just the fresh air is good. Yeah. Just the fresh air is good, yeah. Yeah. Is it okay. still, is it still, is it still like kind of the winter season right now? Like, is it not getting sunny I, Actually, it's 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 a uh, it's typical April season, which is basically it hasn't really decided if it's going to be spring or winter yet. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's spring. I mean, it's uh, it's getting warmer. Uh, but like last Friday, I think we had like ten inches of snow like coming over like I don't know one evening. So it okay. was the whole the whole place was covered in snow. Um, but uh, that all all that snow more or less is gone now. So it's it, it comes and goes. Uh, it's not typical to have that much snow in April, but definitely to have some snow and then you know going away and some warm weather. And uh, you can go out in a t-shirt the next day. Day you have, right. have to have a winter jacket. So right. Yeah. You uh, you've obviously kept busy writing music. You guys, yeah. do you guys, um, you know, my understanding was that you guys kind of live a little more scattered now about though. Like, yeah. You're not, you're not all mean, close like you were before, but like, so it's. Yeah. I mean, originally the band was from the Southern part of Stockholm, like, uh, South of Stockholm, just very close area. That's where we started out. Um, but now we're more scattered. I'm the one, the one living furthest away. So I, I live, uh, two hours away from Stockholm. Oh God. Uh, the other guys are in different parts of Stockholm, but, uh, so technically what we try to do when we write is, you know, we write at home and then we have jam sessions where we meet up at some place and just, you know, record demos and, and okay. try out stuff. So, yeah. So you get together at a studio like everybody and they just kind of bang out some ideas. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, for, for the past two, al- no, three albums, I think we've actually rented a, a, a house. Uh, okay. in, in the Swedish mountains somewhere <laughs> and just, you know, brought gear and put up like a simple studio and just jammed out in the house and in the middle of nowhere, basically, which, oh, cool. which has been pretty cool actually. So, yeah. Hey, when you do something like that though, are you hearing the tracks? Like, are you hearing the riff idea? Are you guys emailing riffs back and forth or drum ideas back and forth? And so you're kind of hearing it starting to come together. Yeah, I mean, normally at that point, we have the ideas, basically, the basic ideas are there. We're just trying to figure out, like, 
how to arrange the songs. And if we can come up with some certain parts that are missing, uh, a lot of it this time was spent on actually working on lyrics because uh, for different reasons, I, I, I was a little bit lazy with, <laughs> with, with the writing, uh, but, but what, what reasons uh, were the, for different uh, reasons, you know, what does that mean? <laughs> it, it means, it means I should have paid more attention. No, but I'm, I'm doing lots of, you know, You're like stuff. I'm still on, I'm still on pandemic time. I'm not writing shit. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I, I do a lot of stuff. I, I, I have a business on the side that I, I do as well. So that takes up a little bit of my time as well. Plus, also, you know, it's I have a big house, a big yard, and you know, a lot of stuff that needed to be done here. So it was good, good to get that done. So I kind of focused a lot on other stuff during the pandemic, and the other guys started working on on music earlier than me. But I had lyrical ideas; I just needed to hammer them out. And sometimes, sometimes it's easier to write it yourself, and sometimes it's easier when when you actually have to produce something. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. So when you go to a place like that, you kind of have to sit down with with the lyrics and, you know, shut everything else out and just do that. So which your other business is like a Viking, uh, like uh, what I've I've seen it, but what I would explain it to it. It's it's a web shop that sells Viking products. I mean, like both historical and and, uh, modern stuff, really. And and, uh, it's uh, the idea is to kind of um, to, to bridge the, the then and now, because we, the guys and I who started it, we feel that there's a lot of inspiration we can get from from our ancestors, and I think that goes not only for Vikings; it's pretty much from everywhere in the world. Uh, but the Viking history is something that's very close to our heart, obviously. So, so um, we started this company in uh, 2015 uh, called Grimfrost. So, so we've been doing that. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, but it's a, it's 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 been a lot of work as well, uh, especially the past couple of years when the business grows. You know, you have to put in extra hours. <laughs> right. So you guys are sourcing uh, actual historical Viking stuff and then selling it. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. sourcing yeah. new uh, kind of. I mean, we we we're we're uh, making replicas. I mean, uh, Replica. the, the, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the one of one of the the projects that we've done actually is that we've done a cooperation with uh, the Swedish historical museum to, to make, um, uh, you know, um, replicas of, of stuff for their collections and, and uh, oh, wow. cool. stuff like that. So we're doing a, a, a ton of that work too, where we kind of uh, get into the more um, like, what do you say? The, the more academic side of it, the archeological side as well, not just, I mean, we always kind of wanted to make a community more than just another web shop. And that's kind of what we did. Uh, so it's, it's been important for us to, to also educate, not just, you know, buy this t-shirt for $15 on, you know, $10 off today or something like that. It, 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 there has to be some, some kind of value to it. And it's, it's our history and we, we want to, you know, show people what it's about as well. It's not only you know, uh, about selling. I could see how that could be pretty time consuming though. Like that could probably it, take up your whole day <laughs> right there. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it does sometimes. Fortunately for me, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I do a little, a little bit of the work. Um, 
but my two colleagues do does they do the majority of the work. So, but now we're we're in a position where we actually have employees and stuff as well. So. Wow, awesome, man! Yeah. Is anybody from Amman involved in it? No, uh, they're not. Not, okay. at, not at this time. No. <laughs> right on. I mean, you guys got a lot. I'm sure you have a lot of involvement with many other. You know, you're in a band and so many other. Yeah, I mean, business things with it's, that. It's a lot of work with that too, and and um, and I know the guys are doing hard hard work with that, and you know, I I, I try to do my part as well, you know. But it, it's uh, uh, when it comes to that part of the music industry, I'm I'm kind of a little bit lost. <laughs> right. right. I, I do interviews, and you know, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah I, I, I see what you're saying, though, man. It's fucking, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to like, sometimes you got to have that person or even that band member or that manager, maybe, who just kind of yeah. keeps it all at bay and keeps it running because it can fucking, you know, it can crush your soul sometimes. <laughs> it, it, it can. I mean, I mean, obviously, we all try to contribute, but, you know, there is in, in our band, definitely, I, I would say that that guy is Olavi. Uh, he's he's the guy who kind of... Uh, has the most contact with management and label and agents and he he breathes and lives i'm a marth basically so for him you know he he does all that that extra job with that but obviously we we all try to contribute as much as we can anyways and we we try try to help him out as much as we can but he i think he's he's a spider in the web as we say so <laughs> right. right yeah shout out to Alavi, man i like yeah, him. yeah yeah he's a great guy we had some good hangs on the mayhem tour he and yeah I. yeah 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 i can imagine <laughs> talking about just getting hammered and talking about yeah old thra- exodus and just old thrash and yeah yeah yeah. I, he loves that stuff man so do yeah. i but you know i think he's a uh, uh, and a hair above me on that one. <laughs> right. So you guys get together for the new record and you're, you're getting, you're sitting together in a house and you're in the middle of yeah. nowhere and yeah. you've got no ideas. You've got no lyrics. What do the guys say to you when you show up? Like, I don't got anything. <laughs> well, I, I, I had ideas for most of the songs. It's just a few songs where you kind of, you kind of don't really have, you, you don't really get it. Right, but it when when you get together like that and you start talking about stuff and you you go through the music and and try to you know see what you can come up with while the guys are working on the song and uh, you know uh, you know all of a sudden you have an idea and you go with it uh, and it, 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 that's kind of what I that's one of the things I miss about like working in a rehearsal place because you know you'd be sitting they're listening to the guys while they are writing the music and you get an idea and you start writing and you get a a lyrical idea. But uh, in general though, my, my best, the best way I like to work is to work at home, you know, get the main riffs and put them together in a way that I, you know, get a good feeling for them and then just listen to it on repeat basically, because often, you know, when you, when I was in rehearsal plays and, and the guys were writing music, and I got an idea. By the time I had something I wanted to try out, they were already on something else and were oh, all busy with that. So then I had to, you know, we had to record a demo and I would have to take it home. And, you know, so it was it was really frustrating sometimes because you had an idea in the moment and you wanted to try it out. And then, you know, it, it just felt like you got stuck sometimes. 
Um, but but if I can when I can work at home, it's it's easier because I can put that st- particular thing I want to work on on loop and then just go through it in my head and try it vocally and all that stuff. So, do you ever when you guys are jamming in a room together, do you ever just <clears throat> like are you ever just trying ideas like just off the top of your head into the microphone? Like okay, I don't know what I'm going to sing here, but I just yeah. try. Yeah. Like, right. Like I call yeah, it, free, I, I call it freestyling. Like where you just like, yeah, I don't that, know what the fuck I'm doing, but that, that happens very rarely successful for me. Though. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but, um, sometimes, you know, just trying out a phrasing, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I can take anything like a page from a book and try to sing that. Totally. You know? Right. Yeah. So, so, uh, like so sometimes it, the word, just the order of the words, like makes yeah. a pattern or whatever, right? Exactly. So then you know, wh- like where you're going phrasing wise, and then you can kind of see, sort of work it in there. But no, I mean, I, I, I've tried, I've tried to do the freestyling thing. I, I don't know. It's not really my thing. I need to think one. I'm not right. that fast. <laughs> <laughs> do you, um, when you when you come in though, like, and you're going to write an idea, and you are you first of all, are you the only person who writes lyrics, or do the other guys also help write lyrics? Um, I'm I'm basically the only guy writing lyrics. What the other guys sometimes help with is is lyrical ideas. You know, uh, for like instance, for, yeah, for for this album, at least two of the concept of the ideas came from the other guys. So so it's it's a uh, it's a joint effort anyways uh because also sometimes i will pre- present a lyrical idea and it goes yeah but we don't feel that uh, fits here you know maybe you should find something else which is super frustrating of course but we we, we try to get involved in in you know to, to i i want the other guys to be involved in the lyrics but it, it it is it is tough sometimes because you put a lot of effort in a, in an idea you like and then it, it doesn't come through and go like damn it <laughs> right but it, it has yeah i think i think that's something that we always try to do it's like the that the songs musically and lyrically has to work for everyone uh it's always been very important and i, I think it's something that we we feel like if, if you do it that way then you know you get you get a really good teamwork and you get like the sense afterwards everybody feels that we made the best album that we possibly could could musically and lyrically so do you when do you know like okay this is it like when is it you who know or is it the whole band knows like but you know like when you've tried the idea like does everybody look around and go oh fuck that was it or you know is it just like more like a personal thing with you uh i mean you musically for me usually i'm clueless <laughs> you know uh i can hear something I, I i think is really really cool but for me usually i'm i'm clueless and until we actually start start recording in a studio because it it's something that that really becomes i don't know it, it's something with the production and because it's you know you hear what's more close to finished product then then i can feel like oh shit this is going to be awesome because often sometimes with with the roughness of the demos and stuff i i i sometimes have a hard time imagining where we're going musically plus also often often uh the lyrical ideas don't really come together in a in like perfectly until we're in the studio because that's when we start you know hammering out hammering out details such as phrasing so that you get the punch of the lyrics and you give the lyrics some air sometimes or you know 
you make it more busy sometimes just just to lift that particular session section and then then you go like ah oh, this is going to be awesome bro. you guys work with you guys working with andy sneep for a few albums now right yeah this is the third one that we're that we're doing with him uh we had uh we had an in-between year <laughs> where we worked with jay rustin but yeah. oh okay yeah. okay but you went back to andy for this upcoming yeah, we, record right? yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Andy's awesome. I love Andy. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. Uh, and I, I, I personally love working with him. I, I think, uh, I think between the producers that like that we actually had, which are not that many, but, uh, I think him and Jens Bogren are the ones who have helped me personally the most anyway. So, so awesome. I, in what I way? Really like, uh, both, both the way of, you know, thinking uh, I'm coming back to phrasing, but like, like how you position the vocals to the music, because I, I had a tendency to write all my lyrics in the same kind of rhythm. Um, and uh, even though it worked, it, it, you know, tended to be a little bit boring, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and uh, you lose sometimes the punch of the lyrics in, in the music, which, so if you change the phrasing, you can lift that particular part of the song, you know? So they both helped me a lot with that. Uh, I think Jens helped me uh, to to really um, break out of that that format that I had, and I think uh, Andy helped me realize that that sometimes just to change the beat sometimes on on the lyrics or, or is 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 crucial, you know, to to lift a song or something because vocals can be. They, they can be their own instruments sometimes. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. So, but they, they, they're both great to work with. So it's kind of cool having the guitar player for Judas priest as your producer, right? <laughs> <laughs> like it's it so it it like, this is so fucking metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree. No, he's cool. He's cool as hell. And you know, he's, he's such a, such an easygoing person to work with too, you know? It's like, yeah. Have you seen Priest since he's uh, since he's been in the band? Yeah, yeah. Actually, we we ha we happened to see them on on tour while we were on tour. Oh shit, killer! Yeah, we we saw them in Biloxi of all places at the Harder Biloxi, Cafe. Mississippi. Yeah. Oh, crazy. <laughs> okay, that's insane, isn't it? Right. Yeah, right. we had a day off there, and they were playing. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's fucking awesome to see him up there, isn't it? Like he's it is it is he's got this fucking clothes and he's fucking yeah. you know, the guitar the V. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. I, I th uh, and and I I know a lot of people are complaining about Andy, but I think he's doing a great job. You know, he's 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 up there doing kicking ass every night. I mean, I think I think he's doing a great job in Judas Priest. So. Yeah, I mean, it's such a it's such a crazy circumstance why he's even there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if he, yeah, people should be understanding. Like, if Glenn, if Glenn Tipton could be there, he would be there, but he yeah fucking can't. You know, like no. And I mean, he's it's, just it's, like, I'm just, he's like, I'm just so honored to be here. Like, this yeah, is of course. the craziest fucking life, you know, left, left fucking field thing for my life now. But yeah, but I, I mean, I, I totally, I totally agree with you. It's like, it's like people don't understand that, you know, it's like, like, right. They have a new option, you know, you, they have to have Andy there. What, what are you going to do? Like, it's right. Yeah. I just, they just came through town. They just played Oakland. Uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. A, a month ago, maybe a month ago. And uh, they brought Tipton out 
for the last four songs. Oh, which cool, was man. Fucking awesome, dude. And of course, everybody, like the girl next to me started crying. She was like, oh my God, I never thought I'd see. <laughs> I mean, like, fucking, she was, and this chick was, I don't know, it was just some girl that was standing next to me and she knew every fucking word. So her and I were, oh, really? Every word. We were both fucking hammered and it was super fun. And then Wayne from uh, Hate Breed was there. Wayne from Hate Breed moved to yeah. Cal- Northern California and he lives here now. And he's a huge Judas Priest fan. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake knows every fucking word oh, to no. ever do so we just all of us like arm in arm just singing the words and then they tipton comes out and it was uh they had a huge stage set you know they're playing the fox which is kind of like the warfield basically like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, i mean they had like an arena sized like <laughs> giant thing floating above them and blow up fucking i mean fucking tv screen i mean the fucking video walls and it was it was, Did they have any room for audience? I don't know. It's like they, dude, <laughs> it was badass. It was yeah. Queens right That's so they played. That's co- so cool when they do stuff like that. You know, it's it's fucking awesome, man. I love it. And you know, I sat there thinking. Me, Wayne actually came up to me at one point, and Wayne is just like, "Why are we not watching this in a giant arena right now?" <laughs> And I was just like, right? He's like, why is Iron Maiden playing an arena and Judas Priest isn't? What the fuck? And I was just, you know, like when we were just yeah. super drunk and I just kind of laughed about it for a second. But the more I thought about it, I was just like, why is that? Like, it is why, weird, isn't it? Why the, f- I mean, why is that? Like fucking Judas Priest, you know, like. Uh, like but I, I think, I think what it is, is it, it's, it's uh, something that Iron Maiden has done really well. Uh, but uh, but they've been very consistent. I mean, apart from two albums with Bruce Dickinson not in the band, uh, the Blaze Band, uh, yeah, Blaze, yeah, band. yeah. In some exactly. ways, they've had a very similar path, though. Yeah, but but you know, when he came back, it was almost seamless, you know. And then obviously Adrian Smith came in as well again, uh, and it kind of lifted the band again. So. So they had a bit of a slump and then he came back and with the Brave New World album and, and it went like, boop, up again, you know, yeah. and people were really like excited for that. I think for Judas Priest, uh, it, it, it's, it's been such a rocky thing since, since Halford came back. I, you know, I, I don't really know. I, I haven't really followed all the turns. I mean, musically, it, I mean, musically it's been rocky. Uh, I think, I think they made a couple of albums that were, they were okay, but they didn't really have that push for the, you know, come back. They didn't really come back with a new painkiller, if you know what I mean. So, mm, okay. But it, even though the albums were great, you know, I, I love Firepower, even yeah, though I think Firepower maybe, yeah, awesome. even though it may, maybe is a few songs too long, in my opinion, but, but, you know, it's a great album, you know, it's no doubt about it. But it, it seems like some bands, they, they don't, you have to time your comeback in a way you know, that it kind of lifts off. And I think Maiden managed to do that, I think. Yeah. Whereas Judas Priest didn't for some Interesting. reason. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't, I sat there pontificating it. And I was like, in my mind, like, Priest has got equally strong catalog, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like fucking classic, timeless, some of the greatest heavy metal songs ever. Definitely. They both had the different singer period yeah it was pretty bad (laughs) you know know, not not horrible but like you know compared to what was before like not anywhere near as good and then they both got their singers back 
you know? Yeah. But then one went, you know, one's playing fucking stadiums and arenas and the other, you yeah. know. But I, I don't know. It, I mean, I think some of the later day Maiden records, you know, are on par with the later day Priest records. Like, I don't I, I would, I would definitely say that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I actually think that Brave New World was, it's a really strong comeback album. Yeah. I right. Think. Yeah. It, it is. And in my opinion, anyways. But, uh, but I yeah, it, it, like that's a, that, yeah, again, I didn't, I never put that together. That is a good point. Yeah. That was a really yeah. strong comeback record. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think, but I, I think it is timing sometimes. And I think also, I think a difference is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Halford was gone for longer than, than, than Dickinson, but I'm, okay. I might be wrong. I might be wrong on that one. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm going to leave it out there for the fans. <laughs> right. Let's, right. Let's not try and be freezing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. No, but, but it, it is weird somehow, you know, because as you say, if you look at the catalog, definitely on par, I would yeah. say that definitely is great. And, some songs are even more iconic, you know, than, than, I mean, I don't mean, I, I, I would probably say that breaking the law is bigger than number of the beast, but right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, I think Maiden had a mascot, which yeah. I think is definitely, you know, having Eddie kind of changes the whole fucking you know like if you even look at the whole new like the album cover is just eddie there's not even a picture of the band yeah. on the new album it's like we yeah. don't need a, we don't need a picture of us like don't show us <laughs> <laughs> it's like just show eddie killing people yeah yeah That's exactly like, yeah. no but I, I also actually one thing that i thought about is that when it comes to iron maiden they've had the structure there the entire time you know uh, with the management and their company and, and broad small thing. Right. Yeah. So they've had all Century. that stuff and it never stopped. Even if Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith left the band, it, it was still there working for them. So when right. they came back, it, they could just, just pick up like nothing had happened basically. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point, man. Yeah. I don't know. It, it seems it seems logical in my mind anyways <laughs> all the <laughs> listeners here of the podcast you can put your comments as to what it is yeah 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 do that that would be interesting i'm, to I'm see. curious to see what, what I've i mean i talked about this right after i went because they were so fucking good dude priest was fucking awesome like yeah know, even you know aside from fucking who's bigger or whatnot and just like it was fucking it, they were amazing like yeah fucking amazing sounded think- killer looked killer like I think when when we saw when we saw them in Biloxi as well, I I mean it was it was a weird show in many ways, but but I, I think Halford sounded awesome. I was like surprised because the last time I heard him live, it, it was I was like, all right, it's it's not going well here. Oh, yeah. But then it's he probably just had a bad day, right? That time, but like he sounded fucking amazing. So right. I yeah. mean, we're, we're you and I are both lucky in the sense that. <laughs> You know, we kind of just earn earn a earn a living by growling a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we <laughs> like if we're out of key, people. it doesn't really matter if we're off. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, like, if we miss a miss a piece of the lyrics, nobody's right. gonna know the difference. Yeah. If we fuck up, the, <laughs> if we if we fuck up the victim of changes, no, like it's yeah. okay. Like if Halford yeah. does it, that you're like, whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that applies that that applies to Dickinson too. Like you know, yeah, yeah, it does. Like I does. think when you go when you sing that really high stuff, man, it's so challenging. You know. Oh yeah, fuck. 
and I could never do that. <laughs> did you ever like, did you ever try though? Like when you were first starting out, like, did you ever just try singing like no, power no, metal we, or maiden or priest or anything? No, because you know, when I started in Almond Marth, it was a death metal band, right? You know, it, it, it scum, actually was right? called scum. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was definitely like old school death metal, really, you know? Uh, so that's where I started, you know, trying to growl. Yeah. And I even, I even got the job by growling to Europe. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that in the documentary. You were death meddling the final countdown, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) The final countdown. Yeah, it's brilliant, man. (laughs) But you know, it's like, yeah, I had very limited experience of death metal when I, when I started in the band, I, you know, I heard entombed and dismember basically that was it so right so for me it, you know it was it was something completely new and i i thought it was awesome so i just tried to apply it to to all the songs i knew basically <laughs> yeah just to learn I, how to do it i mean were those those i mean entombed must have been a pretty huge part of your life like inceptual like early teenage i think for all on. swedish bands you know like entombed i mean Maybe not early teenage, but definitely like when I started in the band and, and, you know, and needed inspiration for, you know, how to sing and, and what death metal was really, it, it definitely was one of those bands. But I would say actually for us as a band, our local heroes was bigger, which was uh, Desultory, okay. uh, which is like a, a local band. And they were signed to Metal Blade for two albums and which oh, was right. huge for us, you know. Uh, so, so, so for us, they were like the gun, the, the guys that we really looked up to, but, but, and um, they were, these are people that you could hang out with and yeah, yeah. Be around yeah. I mean, and, yeah. I, I, I didn't really know them like per se, you know, oh, okay. I, I knew, uh, you know, I, we had friends who were friends with them really close, but you know, so yeah, it, it was definitely, um, uh, something that, that, uh, was but Entomb was definitely one of the bands that we looked up to and and dismember as well so they, it looks like your manager is asking to join the the interview oh really yeah are we letting him in i have no idea maybe he's punched <laughs> to the that, he, that. i just see justin's iphone is trying to join the interview oh really he must he must have hit the button okay uh that's weird <laughs> what are you doing justin Right, maybe text yeah. him or something. Maybe he just said, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see if we can find, figure it out. Um, see, see if is, is this live? I don't have no idea. <laughs> yeah, worry, I, I gotta I'll say, don't worry about it. Right, I gotta say, for uh, for me, left hand path just fucking blew my mind. Like, yeah, I mean, that record I mean, was so fucking crushing. That that album clandestine also I think is is um, amazing you know so yeah. but but I think also what, one thing that 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 I personally enjoyed a lot with Entombed and, and I think this is for me when they came out with to ride uh, shoot straight and speak the truth that was such a fucking insane shift you know like right. it, it became death and roll and yes. it worked so well and it was totally. just it had it had this groove that is just phenomenal, you know, and, and I loved that album uh, when it came out. I still love it. You know, I, th- I still think it's a fucking fantastic album. Um, 
and that changed everything. That one, and also Slaughter, uh, Slaughter of the Soul um, uh, by At the Gates were two albums that really you know, changed things up back here in Sweden, definitely, I would say. Yeah. Now, I, I got to say, too, that even like the Hollow Man era, you know, like yeah. that, that record, that was kind of the beginning of that death and roll. Yeah, because that was the, the EP that before Wolverine Blues, right? And then right, it rolled right. into, yeah. So yeah. That, that, yeah, you're right. That that's that whole era definitely changed the whole playing field for death metal. I think. Yeah. It it became something different. It showed that death metal could have a groove, you know, which totally. I which I fucking enjoyed. <laughs> LG was the best too, man. Oh yeah, dude, missed that guy so much. He was he was something. I mean, he was a fucking character. <laughs> oh. He the, he was he was such a I mean everybody says this about someone who's died but honestly like he's the most genuine person I've ever met I think yeah he was never anybody else but himself you know he never tried to to impose or he tried try to he was just walking around you know you know being funny or just being himself is just insane like I know I remember the first I actually remember the first time I talked to him. Which was uh, this odd situation because we had, I think we just released like a demo or something, or we had a demo, two demos, no, one demo. And um, we were at the bar that we always go to or something. And uh, uh, I go to the blackjack table, which they had like this casino part of the bar. And I, you know, drinking and playing blackjack. And, and LG is sitting a few chairs down from me on the table. And then all of a sudden leans over and says, hey, you're Johan Hegg, right? From Amon Mars. And I was like, holy shit, you know, so I am. You know, it's like, that was weird, you know? Like, and then we started talking. It was awesome, you know? And it felt, but he he was never like, I'm LGO and Tomb. That's like, it's like, just this regular guy, basically. Yeah. He, so, he I gotta yeah. say, he was like, he was the ultimate rager. Like that motherfucker yeah. partied <laughs> like he Fuck partied yeah, more than anybody I'd fucking know. But he always was cool. He came out to every Machine Head show we ever oh, yeah. had in Stockholm. I can imagine. From 1994 yeah. Yeah. until the last time that, that we played Stockholm. Yeah. I mean, he loved going to the shows and he, he you know, he did. We we asked him to do that that song with us for, uh, on Twilight of Thunder God. He we right. did the duet for for um, uh, Guardians of Oscorp. Yes, and uh, we did the video together as well. And uh, every every time since then, whenever he had a chance, he's like, "Oh, you want you want to do a Guardians of Oscorp? You're playing there. I can come there and do that." And said, yeah, let's do it. You know, he yeah. always wanted to be there and you know perform, but he. Almost never knew the lyrics, but it worked out fine anyways. You know, it's just awesome. Right. He could make it sound he could make it sound like a lyric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't I don't know why that struck me as something, you know, like you tour enough and like, you know, people come out and then, you know, people stop coming out or people go away for a minute and then they come back again. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just very rare to ever find anybody, let alone a band member that comes out to your show yeah. every single time yeah, you're no, down. No, but he, 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 as I said, he was one of the most genuine people I, uh, I ever, ever met. And 
he genuinely loved metal and partying. You know that that was his thing. You know? Yeah, you guys took Entombed out on in the U.S. too, right? Like at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we had Entombed in the U.S. and also in Europe, uh, UK. So we 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 toured them a couple of times, uh, which was really really odd to have Entombed opening up for us. It was just it felt so weird, you know. But right. uh, it was it was awesome, you know. Uh, um, obviously, when we did the U.S. run, it was Entombed AD, but yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it was, it was cool, you know, great guys, lots yeah. of fun hanging out with And obviously LG is sorely missed, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm just glad I am. I, I got to talk to him just before he passed. So, uh, oh, because, well uh, um, did you know, I, I, yeah, I, I knew he was very sick and, you know, he was going through the treatment and I, you know, I, I forget why. For some reason, I just decided I, I should call him. So I, I called him up and, uh, and asked him how he was doing. And he was in his hospital bed. And, you know, and, and um, uh, yeah, he, he looked very, very tired. But he was he was staying kind of positive anyways, you know. And I said, if, like, if there's anything you want, like, let me know if you need something, you know. I'll, 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 I'll come over with something, you know. And he said, yeah. No, I got everything. I got my computer game. So I'm keeping myself entertained here in the hospital and stuff. And it's all right. And then I think less than two weeks later, he was, he was gone, which was so surreal. It, it just didn't feel like he would lose that battle when I talked to him. But cancer is yeah. a bitch. That's great that you uh, got a chance to talk to him, though, man. Yeah, yeah. If, if like some great, people never it, get that. Some people no. never get that. No. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm glad I picked up the phone. I think probably it, I was thinking about it, and probably my wife is very smart when it comes to things like that. Like that, she said, "Why don't you just call him or something?" Probably. <laughs> it's good to have a wife who says those kind of things, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> As a dude, you're like, "That's yeah. a good idea." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should, yeah. I don't know why I didn't think of that, but I'm glad that you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Typical guy thinks that. Nah, I don't want to bother. But yeah, I was, I'm, I'm really glad I called. I was reading that your wife actually kind of inspired you with some of the lyrics on the new record. That like you somehow got some inspiration from. Yeah, yeah, because because um, the thing is, like she she's um, she's really cool that way. She she she's really into a lot of um, you know esoterical things, if you want. What I mean, but like she likes the 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 more. Um, uh, what do you say? The more my mythical side of of everything, and also looking at like one thing that we got into, especially is is something called Helvegen, which is technically it's a labyrinth, and it's connected to the runic alphabet. And basically, what it is, you walk you walk a, a circle, and it winds you into the center, and that represents walking down to the 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 realm of death basically and then to get out of there you have to walk back you have to circle back not the same way you came but like you kind of circle back and then you come out the same place but the thing that what it represents uh from from a mythological standpoint and i think it's also like this is getting really really deep now but a Jungian i love that point yeah <laughs> keep going is 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 basically dealing with 
all types of like emotional trauma or, or something like that, where you kind of, whether you lose someone, you know, grief, or, or if there's something else that going on in your life that you have to deal with, it could be like really big issues or small issues. If you take the, like, if you take these steps, it's, it's a way of unlocking mental blockages and coming back out of it. You know, it's basically, it's a way of mapping out how to move through, through the, through what you're feeling and coming out the other side. Hmm. Uh, but it, it's 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 an interesting concept because it it definitely uh, resonates with a lot of uh, modern like psychological um, science when it comes to dealing with those emotions like grief and stuff like that because often we have those similar emotions every human goes through them like denial and you kind of get stuck in a place and you have to work your way through it before you can move on to the next level. And then eventually you see the light in the tunnel and you come back up. Right. So it's, it's a, it's an interesting concept and, and whether it is an historical fact that the Vikings did this, or if it's something that's kind of reworked in, I'm not, I'm not sure, but it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting take on the whole thing. So, so um, she inspired me for one of the songs with, with that, uh, with that particular thing. But also, she found this interesting podcast, and and, and what, the name, was, what's the thing that's the labyrinth called again? What's it? Helvegen. Uh, it's it's uh, the the road to hell, basically. Okay. Uh, and hell is not hell. It's it's uh, basically um, it's it's oh, it's going to take a long time time to explain. But hell hell is basically where people who don't go in battle die. So if you die from oh, illness, people or, who don't go into battle die. Okay. Uh, who don't die in battle go. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically the majority of people would end up in, in hell, but in, in the translation in modern times, hell has become a really bad place, but it's not, it's, but it's a misinterpretation, but it doesn't okay. really matter. Yeah. It's a long story, but uh, anyway, so, so, you know, you go down, there and you face your deepest fears and once you do that then you can go back up stronger and and okay. you have an experience that you learn something from so yeah i dig it that's cool man yeah so it's it's a, it's a deeper deeper thing and i think uh, my wife is a lot into those like um psychological thoughts and stories and also mythological stuff you know so for it, it really inspired me with that song and and then what, what song is is it? It's, it is uh, fire. Uh, the serpent. The last one, actually, the serpent's trail. So okay, because that's the the first path, uh, the first part of the labyrinth where you go down to hell. That's called the serpent's trail. Okay, and the second part when you go out is the eagle's trail, and when okay. you go out, they combine into the dragon. So, oh wow! All right. So yeah. So the that's, eagle that's the whole and idea. serpent combined to become the dragon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the whole idea, anyways. Yeah, that's um, cool. I like that yeah. concept. So anyway, so so um um but the other song that she also inspired a lot was because she she looked at this podcast also about Norse mythology actually and and there was this just one phrase that stuck in my head and it's called it, it's like you either find a way or you make one. And I I felt that was just a such a strong uh thought you know like no matter what obstacle you're faced with you kind of 
either have to find a way through it or around one, or you make, you make your way, you know, don't give up, you know, the, you don't have to give up. You just have to find that way. But if you can't, you make that way. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's, that's an really, you know, that, that that's a really inspiring thought, you know, that we have that power. Every one of us ha has that power. If we just don't give up and, and, you know, fall into apathy when faced with with big hurdles or or adversities you know what podcast is she listening to <laughs> that, that this. i i actually forgot like the most that. inspirational podcast in the world right <laughs> yeah probably no but i i forget what this, what this one was called actually but yeah yeah so, but you just so, overheard something that she was listening to i uh, she she just what, said she she just oh she was just talking to you about it yeah okay. yeah so yes I mean, that really like wow that's that's such a cool thought you know and so what song did that inspire find a way or make one all right all right yeah <laughs> do we have an album title yet is that out there it, it depends on Almost. i think it's not it's not announced and technically okay. not the song titles yet but uh, there is an album album title i'm not sure when this podcast is coming out but <laughs> coming out soon probably soon all right it's yeah. coming out before you're announced <laughs> all right yeah so let's keep it to ourselves all i right. gave i gave you guys guys enough all right. No, cool. no I'm, I'm excited to hear it. I'm sure the listeners are excited to hear about all this stuff too. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. And it's and in some way it's kind of branching out a little bit from, you know, the standard Amon Amar stuff too, which I think is pretty cool and must feel yeah. good to, you know, explore other stuff. I, I mean, I've, I've done it before as well. Although often I use, I work in metaphor. So you go, you go, you write, you write about something, but you write through, the backdrop of Viking history or mythology or something, right? Uh, but it's it's something that I, I I like to get into, and and it's it's nice to find different angles to you know the Viking history because if, if to be to be honest, you know the Viking history, the Norse history, Vikings they weren't that many, <laughs> you know. Right. Most people were farmers uh you know or fishermen so it, it 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 wasn't it wasn't like uh, everybody up here in the north were carrying battle axes and going off to war you know most people they live normal lives for their age right so yeah do you ever uh have you ever been to that uh viking museum in stockholm yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool it's, it's awesome. It, it's awesome. It's fantastic. They're actually, interestingly enough, I, I was in, in Ireland last week uh, and we went to the National uh, Museum, I think it's called. Yeah, the National Museum. And they have a really cool Viking exhibit there as well. So, oh, yeah. That was, yeah, that was awesome to see as well. It's not as big as the Stockholm one, but it's, it's, it's fairly big. And, uh so it's interesting there, yeah, the Stockholm one's of... got like the ride in it yeah which, yeah, yeah. Like, which is actually didn't wild. go on the ride though i, I, I went You've never been I on went the ride before. no i went i went before that was in place yeah. oh okay <laughs> yeah, yeah gotcha yeah i did the ride it was killer oh cool man <laughs> no i haven't uh it's trippy do you like do you find yourself ever doing that like you're on in tour and you're like hey there's a viking museum nearby i'm gonna go check it out or you're like i'm just gonna go to the bar <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it's not that many Viking museums around in the world. Uh, interestingly enough, though, when we played New York a couple of years ago, the Stockholm exhibition was was showed in New York, just oh wow, down the street from where we were playing. So it was just just down the street from. I, I I never remember if it's Best Buy or Nokia or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They changed yeah, the name. Square. Yeah. So it's just down the street from that, and you know. But um, and we 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 were invited to go if we wanted to, but I just didn't have the time. You know, it's like we had so much other stuff to do. Always in New York, you know, you're always busy with the stuff. You know, interviews and crafts. So. Right, <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I I I have a. I've had a nice break from it and I guess it's all going to start. It's all going to start up again. It's like, it's okay. It is. Let's just get back to it. And you know, breaks over motherfucker. Like step yeah. out of it. It's going to be awesome though, man. It is. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to touring with you guys so, again. It's, it's, it's going to be killer. As are we, man. So, I know we've, yeah. <laughs> we've toured together a couple times now, which is. Yeah. 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 But you know, it's like, uh, yeah, we had such a great time on, on the, that monster, yeah, the mayhem, uh, mayhem festivals were fucking yes, man. brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, that was a good no, time, man. Yeah, so really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a killer tour, and and uh, it's it's uh, it's cool to have the the halo effect along as well. You know, talk about a couple of legends in that band as well, right? So, yeah, <laughs> totally. Some Swedish legends. I just had them on the podcast too. They were great. Oh, really? Oh man, yeah. Awesome. yeah. Who did great. you talk to? I talked to Peter, and I talked to uh, the singer who's. Uh, michael michael yes michael yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah and i've i've known peter for a while just from in flames and i loved yeah. him he was so fucking he's funny man like he was great yeah, he's a good we were, he's a good guy we were talking about him losing his virginity <laughs> he, he like did it in a public park in the afternoon i was like wow dude like good for you <laughs> all right <laughs> I, was well, like, you know. I was like you That's go a- you go here <laughs> I, like, I don't think I could have done that. <laughs> I'm not sure I could have done that either. <laughs> yeah. Fun, funny enough, actually, we went to Ireland now and um, Dark Tranquility was playing. And obviously, Michael is, is singing in Dark Tranquility as well. Mm-hmm. So we saw yeah. that show. So that was oh, the awesome. first show I've been to in two years, basically. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. That's killer. So, two years since pretty... you've been to a show, huh? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, COVID fucked up everything. You know, it's like it's no shows nothing no really. Show, really no shows in sweden huh well there's been a couple you know recently but not that i've been able to go to unfortunately so okay yeah yeah and you live you live kind of far away from stockholm you, you were saying yeah i mean i it's it's two hours uh, by car or train so it's not impossible but you know it has time Some with everything else you're doing way to go for a show <laughs> well you know I, I when i go i usually take a hotel and stay the night and then okay. go back the next day so it's it's actually kind of sweet <laughs> yeah oh yeah that could be good because then you can yeah you don't got to drive back. You're not. Re- yeah, ex- ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that must have been good catching up with those guys, huh? Oh, yeah. That was a killer, killer show as well. And and Seferin was on there and we toured with they, those guys a couple of years ago as well. So that was good. Good to meet those those guys as well. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was really it was so weird. It was like nothing happened. Yeah. Like two years, two years down the road. And everything's back to normal you're like really <laughs> right right but then again you see that odd guy with the wearing a face mask and you're like all right yeah you're you're reminded that you probably should be wearing one too <laughs> yeah you had five uh, guinnesses so you don't care anymore <laughs> right i mean i had here in america i mean we've been having shows since like 
August of last year, really like everything opened up. And yeah, at one point, like a hundred thousand people a month were dying. And it's just like, we're back open. <laughs> like we're open for business. I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll still wear I a mean, mask. Sweden, Sweden never really closed per se, but right, right. for shows, right for shows and approach. stuff. Yeah. But for shows and stuff, it was, it was impossible to, to, to do anything because of restrictions and then, you know what they did was basically we, Sweden doesn't have like like uh, any like martial law or anything, so we can't really close down society legally. So what they did was basically they through the alcohol license. That's how they killed everything. Oh, they said, well, yeah, because you can only serve alcohol until like seven thirty in the in the evening, and okay. like, all right. Fuck it then. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not going to go out. Right. Yeah. That was pretty no, smart, yeah. actually. <laughs> that was a good workaround. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then they then they got around to making this pandemic law that was temporary law to enable to you know to to be able to close down stuff and, and yeah it was it was really weird uh, but yeah yeah it, it it was a weird situation and a lot of a lot of people got fucked up here as well but I think. Uh, of many countries i think we got away easy yeah. uh i think and i think if i think the major problem for for sweden for for the how bad the p- pandemic got was that the like uh the the nursing homes for elderly they they didn't have the right staff for dealing with this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. the right materials for dealing with this kind of stuff and so they got infected and then we had like tons of people dying because of that but otherwise i think we got off pretty easy actually yeah well i'm looking for i'm looking forward to touring with you guys man you know i think it's it's gonna gonna be awesome fuck i can't get wait to do that again arenas and just fucking raid fire and (laughs) go fucking nuts yeah man yeah let's not talk about that disease anymore (laughs) what's that that, let's not talk about COVID anymore. It's, I'm, I'm right, tired of right. it. I don't know why I got into it. <laughs> I tried to explain how things are in Sweden. I don't care. We're right. we're through it now. You know. Yes. We're back in Sweden playing a fucking show. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's Very gonna be soon. awesome. And that should be. That'll be like a big hometown a, thing for you too, right? Like that's gonna. Be oh yeah, show. and it's such a legendary place to play as well. That's like where I went to my first metal shows. You know, so as a kid, so for me, that's that's. I think for all of us, that's like that's where you went to see metal, you know? Right. So for us, that's, that's a big thing to play that venue. You know, it's, uh, that's awesome. awesome. You've you've seen (laughs) fucking probably 50 shows there, right? Like growing up. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody, you know, who was a band would play there, you know, and, and like, um, you know, you've you've seen like ACDC, Iron Maiden, you know, you name it, you know, you've seen, you've seen them there. So, yeah, it's take me it's, back to take me back those. to young Johan being a kid, you know, like, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I grew up in a small town uh, south of Stockholm uh, with about three, three thousand people. And I was pretty much me and two other guys who were into metal. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But, uh, but even like before that, yeah. like, are you a, are you a, like are you into sports? Are you doing like soccer yeah. or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was w- way into sports. Actually, uh, I had a, a a part of my life where where for some reason I decided I'm I'm not going to listen to music. I'm just going to do sports. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. what, what age is this? Uh, I think between nine and 12, probably. Okay. Okay. Three weird years for you on. Did you listen to music sure. before that? Yeah. 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 Like, I listened to a lot of music. Yeah. Pop, like pop music or old, rock or like, uh, mainly like mainly old school rock and roll and, uh, and heavy metal actually. Okay. So are your yeah. parents musical? Like, do they play an instrument no. or just, no. do you have, do you have a lot of music around your house? Like growing up? Uh, I had some, my dad listened to, um, to like fifties type music and, you know, uh, also like Beatles, he, okay. he had Elvis albums and, and Beatles albums and Rolling Stones, I think. Uh, so I, I would listen to that stuff, but then, you know, my, one of your my favorite neighbors, songs, isn't one of your favorite songs, like a Beatles song. Uh, one of the, yeah. Twist and shout was one of my favorite songs yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I thought that was so awesome, and it it, it is kind of rough, and it? it's, it's like a fucking, it's a, their version's heavy as fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's it like, is, ah, isn't it? The fucking scream, yeah. like yeah, it's so cool. So I love that song. Uh, but then you know, when I got a, a little bit older, uh, my one of my best friends was my neighbor, and he had a brother who was five years older than him, and he he was listening to uh, to a bunch of metal stuff, and you know. Uh, we would sneak into his room and listen to his albums. <laughs> he wouldn't let you in to listen. <laughs> no, no, but you know, fucking who, what, what 12 year old would want his seven year old brother, right. brother and <laughs> right. get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Get out of my room. You dick. <laughs> yeah. So what are you guys listening so, to? Yeah. What are you guys listening to in there? Uh, I mean, he, he would listen to like Deep Purple and Black Sabbath and Rainbow nice. and stuff like that, you know? Okay. And ACDC. That's uh, what a great and, introduction and, to music though. Like there's yeah. so many fucking, yeah. great, those rainbow, those early rain, those Dio era rainbows yeah. era songs are so good. Oh fuck yeah, man. Love Kill the King and fucking. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's so odd though, because when I, when I started listening to metal, like when I got older, you know, uh, around the age of 10 where i started getting to, to, to metallica and stuff like that you know or actually yeah around the around the age of 10 uh and then you know i had that weird period where i, I didn't listen to music but my friend another friend of mine and his brother they were into metallica and stuff so i would listen to music at their place oh, okay i can't play this fast you know um uh, but i didn't listen to anything at home uh but it, you know it was it, then you know th those those uh, albums that I listened to like years earlier, I kind of started forgetting about those guys, you know, forgetting about those albums, you know, and and then they got reintroduced. Like Rainbow, I don't know when I started listening to them again, but it's fairly late actually, mm -hmm. so it's kind of odd in a way, you know. Um, but yeah, I rediscovered it, and you know. Are you, when you when you okay. swear off music, are you what sport are you playing? Like soccer, uh, ice hockey mainly. Yeah, ice hockey. Yeah. But I, I I was playing soccer too. But ice hockey was my main sport. That's that's I I wanted to be a professional hockey player. Right. Uh, that was my aim. Uh, I was. Just, I mean, especially because you're so tall. That wasn't you know that seems that's a good way uh, to go. That's a good path. Yeah, well, it could have worked. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I I I was pretty fast on my skates, or at least I got pretty fast on my skates. But my stick handling wasn't the greatest, <laughs> so I probably wouldn't have made it really far. And uh, after a while, you know, I started listening to music again. You grow up, and you start getting more other interests, and 
it just takes a lot of your time. And I wanted to, I wanted to still wanted to play, but more for fun, right. you know, and then you get it up to that, that age where it starts to become more and more serious. You, you kind of have to focus more on if you want to go somewhere. And I just didn't have the interest to do that. So it, you know, I, I, I quit playing when I was 19. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So that's a long time to play though, man. Yeah. I, I, I played from the age of six. So yeah, we my my team started one year earlier than everybody else. Didn't make us any better, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you still have a passion for hockey. Like, do you watch? Oh yeah, are you like a religious hockey. You know, who's your team? Uh, you go to NCF is my team. Okay. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I will say that. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> no, because they got relegated this year in Sweden. If if you if you finish on the two last spots in the league right. and uh, you have to kind of play a, a, a play a kind of a playoff to stay in the league oh geez. And they, okay. they lost yeah, oh man they lost they lost badly too so yeah that was <laughs> that was not good yeah yeah if if it's horrible uh so stockholm doesn't ha- even have a team in the highest league anymore oh wow yeah okay so just because of this last thing they got relegated out of the league yeah, so wow, they're that's in the pretty second, harsh. Yeah, they're in the second league next year. All right. So uh, then they have to finish like the top two in that league, and then they can play playoffs and come back. But right, you know that's that's a whole season, and it's, I mean those teams down there, they don't play for scraps. They they want to win. Yeah, there's some good teams down there. Do you ever follow American hockey? Like, do you? Follow oh yeah, American yeah, yeah, teams? yeah, yeah. Who's your team? Who's your American team? Uh, it, it's well, actually Canadian. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's always been like Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, or not always, but I I I was a big Matt, Matt Sandin fan. Uh, he played for you got him back home in Sweden, one of the biggest Swedish players of modern time. So I was a huge Matt Sandin fan, or I am, even though he's not active anymore. But so, and he played the majority of his of his career in Toronto Maple Leafs. So so those okay. were the ones that I followed mo- most closely, but. In in the last last couple of years, uh, because my wife got into hockey and she wanted to to uh, watch uh, the NHL, uh, one of the best teams that were around the the last decade, I would say, is the Washington Caps, obviously, and and so we've been following them. But unfortunately, now we have that uh, Putin friend in there, which we don't really like so much. So we're like, mm. <laughs> you know, right. Right. Uh, so, uh, but um, yeah. Uh, um, the, those are the guys that we've been following more closely the last couple of years, but it's, it's difficult though, because, you know, both my wife and I were, we're very active. We do a lot of stuff. We work a lot and, and do loads of different stuff. So it's hard to get the time to just sit down and watch a hockey game, you know, uh, yeah. anymore. Uh, so it, it's because it takes time, you know, it takes a good two, three hours to watch, watch a hockey game. And we have other stuff we want to do at night, you know? So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's something we enjoy when we get the chance. Yeah. Big props to you guys for, uh, for all of the money you've been raising for. Yeah. Crane. Yeah. I saw, I saw yeah. that you guys are raising a lot of money, like, uh, auctioning off rare Amon Amar stuff for the yeah yeah we we've uh, for the Ukrainians yeah yeah I mean 
we we the the first auction stuff. I mean, obviously, when this comes out, it's going to be over. But the, the actually the first auctions in tomorrow, and uh, so far the bidding is up to close to ten thousand dollars. So that's that's a pretty good, fair that's amount good. of money. Yeah. So what we what we decided to do was uh, because. I mean, obviously, what's happening in Ukraine is horrible, and and uh, you know, me and my wife, even we we took in a Ukrainian family here. So we have two Ukrainian oh, wow. women and and their children living here with us. Uh, oh at my the god, moment. dude, that's fucking awesome! Yeah, so so yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of people in Sweden are doing that. So it's, you know, it it needs to be done. You know, like yeah. over ten million people in Ukraine are are refugees, and almost four million of them are refugees in in Europe now so yeah. obviously they, they need somewhere to stay yeah that's huge and, though man that's really yeah. huge for you guys so but yeah i mean obviously it's terrible uh and it's it's the biggest refugee refugee crisis since world war ii uh but it's all we also feel that it's not that it's important not to re- forget that there are other you know war zones in the world with loads of refugees so we decided that we would donate the uh, the proceeds to um the unhcr which is the un uh, refugee pro program and then doctors without borders uh, but also since my wife especially but also me we're big animal lovers we decided to donate to uh, the international fund for animal welfare uh, especially for uh, the situation in Ukraine, where a lot of pets and and farm animals are are suffering right now. So and, and they right. also need our help because I mean, we have pets and they're family members to us. And totally, it, it must be devastating to have to leave your pets behind. You know, so hopefully uh, that money can help someone be reunited with their dogs or cat or whatever. Well, that's awesome. That's really awesome to hear, man. Yeah, I mean. It's it's just stuff lying collecting dust right here. So, yeah, if it can make someone happy and we can collect some money to give away to to charity, that's awesome. Yeah, you and you are right. There is a lot of you know Yemen, Cape Town, South Africa. You know all yeah, these yeah. places that yeah. have just insanely horrible refugee crises going on. Definitely, definitely. I think and I think it's important that we don't forget that. You know, and I think that that's that's one of the reasons why i think unhcr and doctors without borders are doing a great job because they're everywhere in the world and doing doing a fantastic job what kind of stories are the ukrainian people that are staying with you telling i mean is it just uh, fucking horrific uh fortunately for us uh, and for them mostly for them uh, but also for us because it, it there are stories with people who are very traumatized that come to live with people and it is difficult you know but fortunately for for the people living here, they they didn't you know experience too much of that terror. They got out in time. Okay, uh, they're from Kiev, uh, but they have both a place uh, outside Kiev in the countryside and an apartment in Kiev. Uh, so at the moment, it's um, it's the mother and grandmother of two children uh that are here and uh, but the husband of the children or the ma- the, the the husband of, of the mother of the children is is still in ukraine which obviously is is difficult for them and uh he's fighting they, um i'm not sure actually i think he's a farmer so i think actually he's trying to farm the land so that okay. they can produce produce food which is also important obviously 
Yeah. Um, but um, but uh, yeah, you can tell that every once in a while, you can tell that you know the mood is going down and they're affected by it. But they're they're doing a good job, kind of trying to keep a positive attitude, which which uh, I'm I'm really impressed about. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, man. That's some. That's pretty big. I don't know. I mean, we, you try to help any way we can, you know, it, it's, we just try to, we just imagine what it would be like to, to have to leave everything behind yourself, you know, right. and, you know, live from a suitcase basically and depend on, on other people to help you. I mean, it must be horrible. We were, we were talking about your teenage years and then some, yeah. <laughs> and somehow we ended up here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. This is very interesting, but I want to go I'm, back to your, I want to go back to your teenage years for Yeah. Me. That's me. I, I, attention span of a goldfish. No, well, it's a, yeah. <laughs> dude, it's total. I mean, I love it. Yeah. I love that we're going all over the place. You know, this yeah. is what makes a con- great conversation. Yeah. No, but then, you know, I, when I, like when I left that silly period of my life where I didn't listen to music anymore, I, I, uh, I got into, um, you know, it was more into, you know, Metallica, Megadeth, um, Testament, you know, classic Bay Area music, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, from, from there on, you know, that's, that's what I wanted to listen to. The problem for me, though, was that, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I was poor, but I didn't really, I couldn't really afford to buy a lot of music. So I would tape music, like, from, from my friends. Mm-hmm uh and and buy the odd album here and there but yeah that's right that's pretty much what it was so i didn't have a lot of music actually i didn't but um what i had i cherished <laughs> right when uh so for 19 you're doing sports at 19 are you playing in bands at this point uh no i i, I didn't start the band until when you know, 92 oh yeah actually 19 i started Okay. Started in, yeah, in so you left sports and like immediately went just joined like. Well, uh, <laughs> it, it was it wasn't that you know I left sports when I was nineteen and then uh, you know I, I joined the band but I actually I I, I left hockey. Yes. Uh, but I, I actually started just to, to keep in shape. I actually started rowing for a while, so I was I was, I was actually uh, rowing in a, a like you know competitive uh, rowing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay for a while I, but uh uh then like, is this an is this on like college or something like no what, no like, like just, a, just, a, just a club i had a friend in, in, in high school who who uh, was rowing in that club so he brought me along and i thought it was kind of fun uh but i only did that for a couple of years and then you know i i gave up sports what's the first uh, metal show you go to what's the first like metal um show the first really metal show was actually Alice Cooper in 89. Okay. Uh, trash. Yeah. Uh, that's the first heavy metal show I went to, but I went to tons of shows that that year because there was a lot of stuff coming out. So, you know, um, and then the first, I, I want the, the first one I can remember really wanting to go to though, was Metallica in, in Stockholm in 86. Okay. Uh, which was, like um, master of puppets, right? Yeah. Yeah. It would have been Cliff's last show. It would have been, yeah, yeah. it was actually, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But unfortunately, uh, since I didn't have any money for tickets, and and thirteen-year-old <laughs> right. uh, right. Johan wasn't allowed to go into Stockholm by himself, of course, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. 
Uh, so yeah, even even though I had a friend who was going with this older brother who's five years older, but I don't think my my parents really trusted his right. older brother that much. <laughs> so yeah, I I couldn't go unfortunately. When's the first time you see Metallica? Do you remember, do you remember uh, Cliff dying? Do you remember the news of Cliff dying? Like right yeah, after yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that must have been pretty huge news in Sweden. Yeah, know. yeah, that was that was uh, un- unreal, unreal. It, I mean, it, it's, like, is it in the newspapers? Like, is it? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Def- definitely. Yeah, I I don't remember the newspaper what it looked like, but I think it probably wasn't the first side, in the yeah. front page. Uh, but yeah, I remember that. It was, it was surreal. Actually, it was it was odd because I I forget which happened first. I think I well, I think I kind of had the same feeling I had when the Swedish Prime Minister got shot that year, and I always forget forget which happened first. I don't I don't remember, but the Swedish Prime Minister so the Prime was Minister got shot and killed. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow, same, crazy. Same year. I don't know if I knew about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that was. I sort of had the same same feeling. It was like this surreal feeling. It's like this can't be real. This can't, you know, this cannot have happened, you know. But and you were loving Metallica at this point. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, but I I didn't see Metallica actually until uh, until they came back with the Black album. I don't know why I missed and just the Unjustice tour because I had that album. I bought that album when it came out and I listened to it nonstop basically for a year. My mom hated me for that. <laughs> <laughs> Stop so, listening to that Metallica record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I don't know why I didn't go to that show though. I, I actually cannot say because I can't even remember knowing that the show was going on, which would be weird, but they must've been, they must've played Stockholm for sure. So. So I I don't know actually why I didn't go to that show. Yeah, that's a good that's got some good jams on it. Black and shortest straw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I sorrow. Mean, it always get a, a bad rep for for the lack of bass, which I kind of can understand. But the songs are fucking Dyer's Eve. Yeah, they're heavy, man. Yeah, I love that. Love that album. Yeah, the guitars. Yeah. I, the, I the title track kind of loses me. It's long. It's fucking long. It is long. Yeah, nine forty-four. It's long. Yeah. Oh, you know the time. That's great. (laughs) It says right there, back on this. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Even 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 that song, I I actually really enjoyed. What do you think of the Black Album when it comes out? Are are you a Black Album hater? I'm not going to say I'm a hater. I'm not a lover either. I, I I was I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah. Uh, I must say, but I I did love Sad But True. I thought that was an awesome song. Fuck yeah. That song crushes. Uh, so uh, I, I love that song. I actually kind of liked Enter Sandman too, the first single, you know, when it came out. And uh, But it's it's odd. I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of the Black Album, but I don't really hate it either. It, it's just not, you know, it's, I, it, it doesn't it, it misses the edge of the four previous previous albums in my book you know and but i like i i i don't like people you know when they say sell out or you know no they sold out on that album or whatever 
because it's it's not about selling out it's it's about what your inspirations are i think and also it's like if you listen to the production of that album it's actually really good fuck yeah production it has i mean it has a benchmark yeah so it's 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 just a a matter of you know the direction they took with production and writing songs and i think people and they became really popular because this production was so good they became popular on a broader scale and i think that's more than anything what made people hate the black album because metallica was our thing and now all these people right. that never listened to them before also like them but you right. know right and i don't think that's selling out it's it's just a matter of you know where where's your inspiration taking your you you know people people evolved musicians evolved you know and i don't i don't think if metallica would have rewritten you know ride lightning seven times people would get really bored with them you know so i i think I think people forget that actually, like if you look at the four first albums, they all are big steps in evolution. They all are different, you know. Right. So it's it's just a matter. I think it's the fact that that album broke them big that makes people pissed about an album. But <laughs> it's cr- it's crazy to think that all of that music, five albums, was written in seven years. Yeah. Yeah, like from eighty three to ninety. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, okay. yeah. That all that fucking timeless epic yeah it was written in this little short period of time you know they just celebrated their 40th anniversary so 30 i I never thought about that three years later you know that 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 never struck me actually that that is true that's that's insane man yeah same with slayer too slayers yeah show no mercy to to, uh seasons in the abyss is fucking seven years yeah insane motherfuckers (laughs) (laughs) you motherfuckers yeah fucking hell man what the hell yeah Yeah, but yeah it's crazy but no i i i've always been you know like that you know when people call out bands for being sellouts for 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 doing something different or doing something it's like yeah but you have to realize that musicians you know they they're creative people they want to try different things I mean, obviously, there's going to be that odd band that's going to go like, yeah, we want to be more commercial and reach out to more fans. But most musicians are not, actually, even if that that's the way it may seem sometimes, because all of a sudden it became more popular. But it, it's, it's, I think it's more about exploring new ways of writing music that, that you feel that you want to write. And, and I think... I think it's very rare with bands like ACDC who found their format early and just stuck with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the hard, I think that's the hardest thing in the world. And, you know, I think in some ways, some bands want to do that now. Like people just want to be an ACDC. And I think that's, you know, I think it worked for ACDC to (laughs) by and large, but you know, it's, it's hard to just like write the same thing over and over again. It's fucking boring. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, in, in a way, like we also stuck to our format in a way, but we always tried to push the envelope a little bit, at least, and 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 do something different with with each album and, and evolve in some way. Yeah. And I think it's important uh, for most bands to do that, whether it's like taking small steps or big steps, but you don't want to stagnate. You know. Right. Right. When uh when you join Scum and you guys start getting together yeah. you're uh, i was i was watching your documentary and you guys go and visit the place where you started out like yeah the little yeah. rehearsal 
area where all the bands yeah. would kind of be. And I guess Ted yeah. was Ted was in another band underneath you guys or something. Yeah. And you know, eventually you guys hook up. But you know, you were I, I thought it was an interesting point that you made. You're like, I'm not a sentimental guy, but I got really emotional like coming back to this place and yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I guess the memories of flooding back of what yeah. the music we, you know. Tell me about that play, though. I mean, we played our first shows there, man. Yeah. Like li- like what, literally. What, what is it? Is it like a like a rec hall or something? Like kind of like it, a, Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a what what would you say? What, uh, yeah, rec hall I guess is is okay. is what it is. It's like it's a place for kids who were too old for kindergarten and too young to go to a bar or something, you know, uh, they could go out and hang out after school. Okay. Okay. So there would be a little like shop where you could put soda and candy and there was like, there would be pool tables, dartboards or cool. something you could do. You do a bunch of different hobbies and uh, they would have rehearsal places. So if you wanted to learn how to play an instrument, they would have people who knew that to do that and they could teach you. And then, you know, they would have um, uh, also rehearsal places that you could rent like really cheap, you know, mm-hmm. I think it was like 10 bucks a month. Wow. <laughs> to rent it. That's yeah. fucking cheap. <laughs> That's yeah. like really, really cheap. Yeah. yeah but it, it was funded by, by the, like by, by the city and, uh, and um, it's actually, it's, it's, it was funded by the city and by the unions. So yeah. That's awesome, it, man. I lo- you guys have shit like yeah. that over there. That's so fucking cool. So yeah, so you could borrow equipment and and stuff like that. And they even ha- at this place they even had a studio, so you could like for for the membership fee that you paid, you could you also got three days to record wow. in the studio. So Fuck, that's amazing to record demos. Yeah, yeah. and they had a, like, a month. That's fucking yeah. incredible. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you had to be a member of the that. Rec like, Hall or whatever. It's rec called. Hall. Uh, and that was, I forget now, but it could have been like 10 or 20 bucks a year or something. It was super cheap, you know? Yeah. So, but it, yeah, it was awesome. And then, uh, so, and then they had in, in the, like the basement, they had like a, a, a small venue with a small stage. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we played our, like, and there are a bunch of these places around in Sweden. And in Stockholm, there's almost one in every suburb. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so we we would uh, we would play uh, uh, these places in in Stockholm, and we played the first our first shows in this place. Actually, we uh, the very first one I think we played was actually dissection headlining. Oh shit! Wow. Yeah. So it was 300 people in that little room. Yes. And I went, when I, when that's I came fucking, back, back that's there, a packed show, man. <laughs> when, when I came back there and saw this, like, like this room is not big enough for 50 people. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that was, that was kind of odd, but it, yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was an experience. I mean, I haven't, I haven't been back to the, you know, I've driven by it, but I haven't been back to that place since maybe 1990 five or six your first shows playing to 300 people that's fucking yeah <laughs> that's insane <laughs> that's a lot of people for your first show. yeah yeah but was, i mean that was, was your first that was dissection they had they had the the, the album the do you first guys album go just over good out. what do you remember about the show do you go does it go over good are you do you forget the lyrics like is there I, any like i don't re- I, I don't i don't remember much about that show but isn't that but, uh, funny? Like, it, I barely it, remember my first show too. Like, uh, like it goes by I, so fucking fast. And yeah, we only played like three or four songs or something like that. You know? Okay. But 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 uh, I remember that 
because it was such a small place and it was packed and uh, I mean, the section that had an album out, but they came from Gothenburg in a car and they didn't have a drum set. So everybody played on our drummer's drum set. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. And uh, and dissection, being a black metal band, obviously had pig's blood, blood in buckets. They would throw out an audience and, you know, he our drummer didn't clean his drums ever, I think, after that. <laughs> so the blood stayed with you for the rest of the yeah, practices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that must have been a blast to see. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, not every show was like that. I mean, we played. I think the second show we played there was maybe like a hundred people. But you know, for us, it was it was cool, anyways. You know, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get you get the bug, right? Like you get the yeah, yeah, fuck the yeah, itch, man. and you're like, I gotta. And it, you know, we played, we played, we played smaller shows when we were actual professional band. After that, which is in, insane, but the underground situation in Stockholm was like that because, like, you would what you would do is like you had a show, you would play, print flyers and you put them out. Like you would go to different subway stations or train stations around Stockholm and put up flyers, and then you would go to Sound Pollution and put a flyer up. You know, like all right, uh, Sound Pollution was this legendary. Um, uh, record shop in Old Town in Stockholm. Oh, okay. Stockholm. Yeah. Okay. So you would put up the, the 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 flyer there, and people would come from all over Stockholm. I mean, to go to the show. Wow. So so you know, the kids would travel really far by by you know by train or something to go to the show. So it it it, it you know it people people were very dedicated, basically. Yeah, those must have been good times, man. Oh yeah, lots of fun, and we made a lot of lot of cool friends as well. You know. Yeah. Do you yeah. are you uh, do you ever drink before you go on stage? At this point, like, are you like? Oh yeah. You get yeah. Okay, like, you got to party yeah. before you go. On yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fucking. Are there girls? Are there a lot of girls at the shows back then? No. <laughs> yeah, the thrash scene. <laughs> there the are a few. Yeah, but mainly boys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. mainly dudes. Yeah, still yeah. kind of that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> you get a little more now you do have to your credit amon amarth does have a lot of girls at your shows now we do actually have a lot of i don't know why i mean yeah. they, they must have never seen us <laughs> they just heard of music <laughs> it must have been all those shirtless videos you guys did like oh yeah ago. yeah <laughs> Ooh, absolutely so hot you know <laughs> Uh, no, it's great. Are you, uh, so, do, so are girls now like Lemmy always says, like, you know, like the reason you get in a band is to get laid, right? Is like, is that the cause and effect of getting in a monomarth at this point? <laughs> I, th- I don't know. For, for me, it was just, I, th- I thought it was just, you know, fun. Right. Uh, but uh, like, yeah, have a reason to get shit faced, basically, and have some beers and screaming right. the microphone, you know, yeah. that, that probably more than anything was, was the reason. Do you get laid because of a monomarth for the first time? I, uh, no, 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 but uh, no. It happens, I, it happens before yeah, a monomarth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Definitely, what yeah. what song do you lose your virginity to? If or is it a movie in the background, or is it a song in the background? I, f- I fucking don't remember actually. Or is it silence? <laughs> uh, I I just remember it happening. Okay, but actually, I think it was silence actually because I think um, I was I was uh, my my I live I grew up with my with my mom right, 
and uh, I was out uh, partying and uh, uh, I met this girl who lived in a neighboring town that I didn't know from before. And we went back to my place and my mom wasn't home. Okay. And we, we just got to it and I can't remember putting any music on for that. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, that was, that was the first time. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, no, I, I don't remember putting any music on definitely you, no TV because we just got home anyways. You'd be surprised how many, I've asked this question more than a few times, and you'd be surprised how many dudes have lost their virginity to Slayer. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, I was wow. just all, Slayer? I was just like, that was the man you put on. I was just like, that's awesome, I think. But like, I'm just, you know, I'm surprised it's not yeah. like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, or, you know, something that's like all about sex music or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I never like hooked up with a girl where, where I you know, went home to them and listened to music and then we got going. It's just, I, oh, always, yeah. you know, God, yeah. always, I would always play music. I don't know why. Really? I mean, just, I always listen to fucking music. So like, I yeah. So yeah. But I mean, for me, I don't know. I was never big at hooking up with the girls. I was never really good at it. You know, obviously I did, but, but I was never really good at it. You know, I didn't really have any good, I was, I wasn't really like a smooth talker or anything, you know? So it's just happy when it happens. <laughs> right. I, I, I hear that a lot too. You know, a lot yeah. of, you know, that's been my life. Like every girl I've ever got with just kind of fell into my lap and I was like, Oh, sweet. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my, my thing, like, you know, like, like I, I remember one, one thing. Like, I don't do I look know. like I have game? No, no, no. <laughs> got no it's, it's just, it's just a, actually, that's actually kind of how it happened for me. Like most of the times it's just happened to be this girl that I've, got get an eye contact with and you know boom she's sitting in my lap and you know all right let's go to your place, like sweet. My place. <laughs> but uh yeah that that those days are behind me now so <laughs> right, right, of course no but it's i just i'm curious about that like in the early days that's awesome yeah you know, like the, the early amonomarth days touring you know like yeah you know these aren't even like, really officially sh this wouldn't even be like a club show these are just like rec halls and you yeah know. yeah 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 definitely in the beginning Did you guys ever play like it. was there a thing like here in northern california that like people would play house parties like you'd play somebody's backyard or you'd play even their mm. living room sometimes no no okay. that, I've, I've never heard of that happening it, it usually would be these rec halls or, or or like when when you get a little bit older you know we would play like like there's a, a, a like a, a bar in, in stockholm called the cafe 44 we'd play there a couple of times and then pub anchor was a place to play as well uh but uh no uh, otherwise you know it would be rec halls and 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 also obviously then the biggest rec hall of all actually are, i'm sure you guys probably play there i think uh the free suits at uh, the arena um uh, I think you may have played there. Oh, the arena? Oh, that's a rec hall? Oh, right. Yeah, because there's like the yeah. basketball thing right there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. right. Yeah, so totally. that, that's that's like the biggest rec hall of all in, in, in Stockholm. So Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So so it it's it's um yeah, so so those are the kind of the places you go to then and play. Uh, and in the basement of the arena you you have Klubben, which is a, like a smaller venue, like seven hundred cap venue. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's those places we play and, you know, you, you would basically, 
you weren't really allowed to drink in those places. So you have to kind of drink before you went in. Right. And actually, actually one time we drank too much and weren't allowed. in. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't allowed to play your show. No. <laughs> and we're, we're the headlining bats. We got to go out and leave. <laughs> how do you, how, how, like you must've drank a lot. <laughs> yeah. Or, you, or was it just that you got caught drinking? I it could have been that we got caught drinking or having beer with us or something like that. Right. But yeah, we had a, we had pretty much doing drink definitely, but yeah. Uh, you know, it, it it's just weird things happening too. Like I, I remember we played one place once and, and we were supposed to be like the, the, the last band playing and there were like three bands playing before us. And for some reason, uh, two bands, the two first bands couldn't agree on who should go on first. Okay. And they were arguing about that and like being fucking, you know, it's like, and we're like, Hey, we want we want to go to the bar. We want to go into Stockholm and go to a bar. We can't be sitting around doing this shit. So we decided to go up first instead and play our show and get yeah. the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Like, cause like bands wouldn't do that now. Like, who's arguing about playing first? Right yeah. now, it's like who argues about plays who plays last? Right? Yeah, but it's just no. But like, the, nobody wanted to play first. They right. wanted to play like. So they were like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we we put out so this and this many posters. Who the fuck cares? Just play your show. Like, it's not like there's going to be shitloads of more people coming. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. When you uh, when you put out your first album, do you feel like you know you've got your album out now? Like, do you feel like, oh my god, like we've made it? You know, is it I that kind of? I think I think we felt that we made it when we signed to Metal Blade. Um, yeah that was a big moment uh, uh yeah because, that's a big that's a big international label yeah yeah and the, also like the, we we actually had interest of several labels at the time the biggest ones were nuclear blast and metal blade um but metal blade made the best offer and and uh yeah so we went with those guys uh, it's actually kind of a, like a funny story i'm, I'm not sure the nuclear blast guys are laughing so much about this but we were kind of cocky <laughs> cocky about it so they gave us like the standard like beginning offer which is kind of shitty right and most bands probably would have signed that but we were asking around a little bit and somebody said well if you, if you you know if you want to sign with nuclear bus you should get a lawyer you know uh, and that that's that's a good advice right. and then metal blade got in touch and their offer was way better and, okay, uh, and everybody said, "Yeah, metal blade are awesome. They're they're like the they have probably the best rep in the business." And we're like, "All right, cool." Uh, but we still got a lawyer to look through the contract and stuff like that. But but um, good plan, yeah. But yeah, it was it was it was such a different story with that contract. So we went with that, and um, yeah, we. What's funny is that when you're that young, that you actually are like, I don't need a lawyer. Like, what do I need a lawyer for? Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Actually, actually, come to think of it, it may have been actually that Metal Blade requested that we get a lawyer to go through go through the contract before we signed it. Actually. Yeah, that's right. On. So, which is, which is pretty cool on their side, you know. It is. Does Brian's? Is it Brian Slagle or is it some other A and R guy? No. It, actually, it was Brian Slagle. Who, wow. Awesome. Yeah. Like he come, does he come and see the band at that point? Uh, I don't think we meet Brian Slagle until a couple of years later when he comes to uh, 
when it comes to Vakken. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we play Vakken and he, he comes there. And then we meet him when we tour the United States for the first time. He comes out to the show. Yeah, Slagle's awesome. He's he's fantastic. He's he's a good friend as well. So, I mean, you guys have been literally on Metal Blade your whole career, right? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the other, yeah. The, the, since you signed to Metal Blade, you've never been on any other label. No, I mean, we they the the past two albums was a collaboration between Metal Blade and Sony Records. So, okay. So yeah, so it's it's been that though, but Metal Blade has definitely been involved. Yeah. Uh, throughout our entire career, and I think it's a testament to the relationship we have with those guys, and and uh, how much we love working with them. And and because I I will be honest and say there are other labels who have offered us more money, uh, but for us it's not all about the money. It's about like you know, it's it's all also about like relationships and and how well we work together and we have credibility. Have yeah, so I'm I'm sure that those other labels would do a great job for us as well. But but we 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 feel that we have a good good relationship with Metal Blade and that they've been able to help us a lot with many things, not just you know to advance the band, but you know they they stood by us through some some issues as well, which we of course value a lot. So yeah. What's Sony's role? Are they do they do do they handle Europe or? Yeah, they uh, they handle the Europe and actually technically they handled everywhere except North America. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, because uh, for a while now, Metal Blade's European offices have been really like it's really shrunk a lot. They they still have people in the UK and and Germany working for them, but. The, the offices used to be bigger. They were a bigger player on the European market for uh, before. Um, and for us, that was, it was important that, that we would keep momentum on the European market. And we didn't feel that, that they could offer that with, with the way it is, right. With, with the way it was anyways. Uh, so we, we said, listen, we, we need to do this. And I think also actually uh, Brian Slagle was, probably the one who suggested it and worked out the deal about that so so i think i think he he was uh, he was definitely involved in making that happen it's kind of wild when you think about how much metal brian slagle has brought to the world <laughs> like, it's insane i mean bands that you know you and i were inspired by you know, yeah. all the way till you know your band and you know, yeah like it's insane. it's it's crazy he's he's I mean, so uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to fathom, really. You know, the amount of bands that that he has signed or promoted or or has been involved with in some way. Yeah, know? it's crazy. Yeah, and even you know now still putting out like new killer, you know, like yeah, new yeah. fucking Harm's Way record on Metal yeah. Blade. I fucking love it, and it's just crushing, and it's crazy to think that yeah. Brian but, Slagle is still fucking, you know behind all that that, that, that's the thing like he he's always he always been a huge to use his own words he's always been a huge metal fan yeah. like like that that's that's the way i know him anyways like he's 
he keeps up with everything and he loves hearing new music and finding new new talent and 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 he he wants he i mean don't get me wrong he's a businessman you i mean obviously it's business it's he also wants to make money but it's it's i think it's more than that for him i think it's it's the love of the music and and like that that's what drives him and he wants to help bands to grow which i think is is such a such an awesome quality in 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 a record label boss you know right it is man yeah it seems like you guys have had some some great guiding uh lights along your life oh yeah definitely yeah brian i was uh listening when you guys start talking about the michael guy who yeah in charge of summer breeze who passed away recently and you know how big of a an effect he had on you know it sounded like he was a very influent i'm not sure if he was your manager or just like a guy who you guys partnered with or i mean he he was actually uh when we first met him he worked at at the metal blade germany oh okay yeah and then it became the boss there uh but he definitely took us under his wing and he saw something in us that I don't think we, we saw ourselves even, you know? Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, so he, he, te- he technically became our manager in a way, although he was working for the label and, uh, yeah, he, it's hard to overestimate the influence and, and that he's had on the band and, 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 what he meant for us especially in in like the the early years and and you know when when your career is kind of on that tipping scale or should we should we continue going now or should we just say all right we made it this far but all right we're done and uh, i think it's hard to overestimate the how much how much he meant for us um and so obviously we we miss him very much and and in in as i said he was a he was sort of our manager but also in a way he was you know like a six member of the band basically for for a long time even after he left metal blade so what happened to him uh he got a brain tumor and, and um yeah so they they removed it and he was getting better uh and they said well it's gone now, but if it comes back, that's it. And it came back, unfortunately. So, wow. Yeah. Sad, man. That's really sad. Really, really sad. And, and, uh, you know, we were all devastated by it. And, and, uh, for me, it was, it was horrible in a way because I, I, I wanted to go to his funeral, but I couldn't, uh, because I was, you know, you know, it's, 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 I was, I was just not able to go there because I, I forget why I couldn't go there, but I, I couldn't go. And it just was heartbreaking, you know? Uh, and uh, so a couple of years later, uh, I came through the area and I had some time off. I, I went to his grave and I sat down and I had a beer with him and <laughs> his favorite beer just sat there and, and talked to him a little bit, you know? What was his, what yeah. was his favorite beer? Gold oxen, the okay. golden ox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Local beer to where he's from, where he was from. So yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a, uh, like a shock to us when when we when we found out he had the cancer. 
and he, he was it was so weird as well like he was he was on on vacation in south america and he started getting this fucking headache and he, he felt horrible so he said I, I feel like shit i'm i'm he was there with a bunch of friends and said, i feel like shit so he got on the first plane back to germany and when he landed it, it, he had to stop over in Madrid, I think, and he called Germany. So I, I feel horrible. I need to get to a hospital when I get back because this is not good. So he called ahead and they picked him up at the airport, and drove him straight to the hospital. And and the doctor said, well, it's lucky that you did because you wouldn't have survived many hours more. So like he he was still around for a few more years after that. But but uh, yeah it uh it was um it's so hard to imagine that stuff happening because you, you kind of go through life thinking nothing like that will ever happen to you or someone you love you know uh and and it does you know things like this happen all the time and and there's there's no fairness to it you know it's just life and i think that's uh, something that we all have to learn how to deal with because you know, we're going to face it at one point or another. It could be a, a family member, a friend or a coworker, whatever, you know. Um, so it, it, is that the first person in your family that you've lost? Like, is that the first close person? Uh, no, I mean, uh, um, both my parents are still alive, but uh, and, and my step siblings <laughs> are still alive as well. Uh, but the, right, like the your first, parents, but your parents split up when you were young, though, right? Yeah, yeah. When I when I was uh, seven, uh, or six actually, but yeah, when I was seven. Um, so uh, when, but my grandparents are both are all dead. So okay, so I lost those, and I was I was actually fairly close, especially to my grandparents on my paternal side. It was very close to them. Uh, um, so because that was your on your paternal side, what do you mean? Uh, my father's. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, we have a special word for that. We say far, far and far more for okay. our fathers that and more, more and more for our mothers. Parents. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My father's father and my father's mother. And then yeah. got mother's mother and mother's father. Yeah. Gotcha. You were, yeah. Clo- you were close with your father's parents. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. So, so, um, uh, yeah. So, so I, yeah. Um, so obviously that, that felt, you know, that was a bit of grief, but they were old. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's Michael, diff- it's different, right? Like, when yeah. Old. Yeah. Michael was younger than I am now. So, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so in that sense, it, it definitely is. It, it, makes you realize that life is very fragile and it also makes me realize that you know i'm fortunate to 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 have been able to do what i love for a living you know because you know if you're just a slave to the grind and just punching in punching out and the only thing you live for are the weekends a lot of people live like that and you know it's it's you know, you should, I mean, obviously a lot of people enjoy doing that, but I think a lot of people hate it and they could be doing something else if they wanted to, but it's, it's just a matter of finding that perception. And sometimes you kind of ask yourself, am I going to be able to look back on my life and say, I had a good one when the day comes because the day may come 
sooner than you expect. Right. So, you know what? I And I kind of think that that ties back to the find your way or, or make your way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And sometimes life has these crazy, you know, life has these crazy ways of making a it's like a pivot happens like you think you're going this way and then all of a sudden your life just goes this way out of fucking nowhere you know sometimes it's bad sometimes it's for great and you gotta yeah exactly yeah right those moments and ride that fucking (laughs) you know yeah and and make your way exactly and i I think i think that that's the key i mean obviously that yeah find find a way or make one because you know in any rate you know it's it's life is as i said before life is unfair things will happen to you even though you don't deserve it you know they will still happen to you because you cannot control good it. things will happen too yeah exactly you know but we tend to focus on the negative and that's what i'm saying like it's it's better to to be thankful for the positive things and and see the negative things as a learning experience right right i uh, which is I, hard i know it's it is hard. It's fucking so hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's and it's easy to say, but you know, it's I think it's something that that I think for metalheads, I think for metalheads it's hard too. Like we're yeah. so conditioned to like be negative and angry and like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. like fucking <laughs> no, this is good. <laughs> like enjoy the good. Enjoy the positive thing that's happening to you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily see it as a, as a bad thing to be angry and negative about stuff, as long as you can, you know, you can deal with it and move on. Right. Because that's the thing. Like, like, and I think metal is a good way to deal with negative negativity. Absolutely. It, it, it is a great outlet for for oh, negative wow. emotions and anger and whatever. You know. Fucking saved my life. Yeah. Like okay, being you know. able to get all that anger out. You know, yeah. when I was younger and even when I'm an old dinosaur like I am. <laughs> to- totally, totally. I totally agree. I have really, I, I, I've had a great time, man. Yeah, really same enjoyed, here. I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm actually wow. amazed I managed to talk for two hours. I didn't think I would be able to, but. You did. I mean, no, no <laughs> fucking problem. <laughs> yeah, get me going and I'll never stop. No, that was, yeah, it was awesome, man. And I, I really, uh. Like again, I'm really excited about the tour. Can't wait it's for you guys to drop your the details of your new yeah. album and all that. Yeah, stuff. so you have a new album coming out as well. Yeah, we just announced for, it yesterday. Yeah. yeah, looking forward to that. I I forget the the name of the album now just because of that. But yeah, Kingdom and Crown. Oh, yeah. oh Kingdom and Crown. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. that's a good title. Man. That's a yeah, good man. Title. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to that. So when's that coming out again? August 26th. All right. Yeah. Fucking awesome, man. Looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, right there, the mighty, mighty Johan Heg of the mighty <laughs> Amon of Marth. No fucking regrets. With Rob Flynn.